Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Would you like to relax or fall asleep while learning about history? If so, then try my podcast, Calm History. You'll learn all about famous explorers, inventions, civilizations, ancient wonders, and even the Titanic. Just search your podcast player for Calm History or go to calmhistory.com. Hello, welcome to Emotional Badass, where Moxie meets Mindful. I'm your host, Nikki Eisenhower, life coach and psychotherapist. And on today's episode, I'm discussing tantruming, healing, and the inner child. Our psychology is often illogical and doesn't make common sense at first glance. For many people raised in dysfunctional homes, our childhood trauma or emotional neglect was happening very early in life. And in toddlerhood, when we come from dysfunctional families, often we were not allowed to tantrum. If I tantrumed, if I became angry, the message was, I better stop that right now, which is a message of something is wrong with you. Something is wrong with you having emotion. Something is wrong with you for feeling. Something is wrong with you for showing your feeling. And the right thing to do is stuff it way down and never, ever show upset. We were taught if this was part of our upbringing, we were taught very directly in this way to store our stress, our pain, our reactions in the body, instead of releasing them from the body. From as far back as I can remember, my emotions were parented through this message. Stop your crying or I'll give you something to cry about. So on top of whatever big emotional response was happening in that moment for my little mind and my little body, There was an additional stimulus, an additional overwhelm, an additional layer added. The threat of a beating, of violence, the threat of shame was heaped on top. And my little, young, and innocent mind and body, lips quivering, breath shaking, would try so, 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 so very hard with that additional fear and stress to stuff all of those emotions down. Fear of expression for any child is an abhorrent thing to live through. For a highly sensitive, empathic child, it is a special form of hell. It is logical and reasonable for us to think, all right, I'm doing inner child work. My job is to mature, to grow up, to stop reacting and to learn to respond. When I have big feelings, I need to manage them. 
I need to figure them out. I need to control them. I need to make sure I'm owning myself and not lashing out. If I'm doing my work, I also shouldn't have big, giant feelings and reactions. So if I feel tantrum-y, I'm probably doing something wrong. I need to work to not feel at that level. I need to manage my intensity. I don't accept this intensity. I must transform it. Our psychology is often illogical and doesn't make common sense. This common sense way that we grow into a belief of controlling our emotions as we try to heal backfires because it's really just a way to reinforce what we were originally taught that we're not allowed to feel that bigly. We're not allowed to feel and express it and release it. And that controlling it is the right way. So we're actually in our trauma while we're trying to get out of our trauma. I want to offer some tools and strategies for how to begin healing this dynamic, working with this dynamic. As I share this strategy, I'm asking you to pay attention to what you think, what you feel in your body, what the critical voice says. And even what the inner adolescent, and we all have that part, you know that part. I like to think of it as the eye-rolling part that thinks most things are stupid and unnecessary. You may want a journal to warm up to this idea I'm about to present. If it resonates with you and you'd like to play with it to see what it may do for you. This is going to be one of those therapeutic suggestions that many of you will try to control by keeping it in the realm of thinking. And it's certainly okay to think about things, y'all, but most of our healing doesn't happen in the thinking realm. Most of our healing happens in the new behavior realm, in the new behavior meeting our own vulnerability realm, and in the live and in action moments of the actual doing of the new therapeutic strategy. This is how we reprogram. This is how we repattern. This is how we let go of what no longer or never did serve us and grow into what actually does serve us and will hold us, will respect our humanity. This activity is not a thinking, it is a doing that I'm offering. Okay, so what if the next time you felt overwhelmed, a little tantrumy, upset, angry, frustrated, annoyed, wildly disappointed? What if you walked yourself to some privacy at home and allowed your inner toddler to actually have the tantrum he or she was never allowed to have in the first place? What might happen if you flipped the script from, I'm going to give you something to cry about, to, I'm so glad you are getting your feelings out? When I engage this type of work, especially the first few times, I certainly felt ridiculous. I don't know if anybody's ever tried such a technique and not walked into it feeling ridiculous. My inner voice plus the inner adolescent ganged up on me, trying to hit every button that would pull away from such vulnerability, such newness, such difference, to allow a tantrum, to full-on allow it, to lay on the ground and cry, and without hurting yourself, beating your arms into the ground, kicking legs, flopping the body, letting the tears flow, 
letting the frustration, the guttural cries, the grunting, the squealing, allowing that energy to leave the body as it had naturally wanted to as a toddler is an allowing so opposite to the dysfunctional control that dysfunctional families or parents often want, expect, demand, and force on their children. To embody such an activity, we have to keep some things in mind and be willing and committed to taking care of ourselves and respecting some parameters during and after allowing a tantrum as a reparative therapeutic experience. I've got five tips for you. One, this is something to do alone or with a therapist who is skilled at inner child work and doesn't have an ego problem, which means with that therapist or healer, you feel a maturity, a wisdom, a groundedness, and a strength that is not dominating or domineering, but is allowing. Why not do this with your friends or your partner or your family? It's a lot of intensity to let out. It's a lot of intensity to witness in a toddler's body. When we give ourselves permission to do this, that is a lot of intensity in an adult body. And it's your process. It's very vulnerable. And sometimes friends or family have the best of intentions. But most people are not fully comfortable with intense emotion unless they have done a bunch of therapeutic work and understand how to hold space for other people in intensity. When we release any form of intensity, it is good practice to be aware of releasing to release, not releasing where another can soak up. Would you like to relax or fall asleep while learning about pivotal moments in history? If so, then try my new podcast, Calm History. It's a time machine of tranquility filled with immersive and fascinating stories from history. Prior episodes include The Pilgrims, Marco Polo, Henry Ford, Joan of Arc, Jackie Robinson, Klondike Gold Rush, Ancient Greek Olympics, Easter Island, and the Great Pyramid of Giza. There's also a six-part series about the Titanic. Just search your podcast player for Calm History or go to calmhistory.com. Two, move physically, but do not hurt or harm your body in any way. Think about a good parent, a really good plugged in, connected, aware parent. Maybe nearby when a child has a tantrum, choosing not to give energy to that tantrum, which can sometimes fuel it like gasoline on a fire, but is there to intervene if, let's say, the toddler decides to start banging her head against the wall. Punching pillows or shaking your arms or stomping your feet are all safe releases. Your inner child is watching adult you. To make this tantrum therapeutic, you must be in awareness and commitment of not allowing any harm to come to your body, which is exactly what you would do if in charge of a small toddler. It's what you would do for that child as a mature, loving, responsible, understanding adult. Number three, 
You go forward with your tantrum till the emotion shifts and lifts from your body. Children possess an emotional wisdom beyond what they can articulate with words. Anytime I've witnessed a toddler get a boo-boo, I've watched a child's breath become intense, fluttery, lips quiver, and the tears flow like a faucet. Lungs expand and expel a cry that does not hold back. That cry, that guttural scream, it can defy the size of that tiny human. That cry seems to come from the depths of that baby's, that toddler's soul. It is full-bodied, fully embodied. And when that child is done crying, done sobbing, done tantruming, that toddler child wipes his or her eyes with the precious back of their little hand and gets up to just go back into the fold, back into the play. Babies and children do not naturally subdue their emotions. We don't learn that until the world teaches us to, y'all. We perfectly, and I am highly aware that I'm using the word perfect, and nothing is perfect. We perfectly release our emotions as tiny humans. We are programmed. We are built to release our emotions perfectly and naturally. And when we do, we mature naturally too. And maybe this is a big player in why there's so much immaturity in the world. We simply don't allow our natural emotional expression. We thwart it. We stuff it. And it affects us. Number four, have a hard boundary, a hard line with the inner bully, the inner critic. And if you don't know how to do that yet, you may need some work there to be able to respect the integrity of this type of technique. The inner critic, the inner bully, I want to say very strongly, it is not allowed to speak. And if it tries, the door gets shut in its face and you do not listen. There is to be no shaming, no critiquing, no allowing of a judgment of ridiculousness, despite a normal adult feeling of ridiculousness that I had when I practiced this activity and that you will have if you practice this activity. Because to have a tantrum as an adult, to give that part of our young psyche, our inner child, what he or she was always naturally supposed to be allowed to do. It is kind of ridiculous. It's just as ridiculous as expecting a three, four, or five-year-old to not have a tantrum. This is often why healing is so infuriating sometimes, y'all. It's true. None of us should have to do any of this stuff. But that's why shoulds are irrational. Because no matter how true that should is, that no one should have to work to heal their trauma because it never should have happened in the first place. We have to let go of that should because despite that should, it is what is. It's what we experienced. It's what happened. Our emotions were taught to stuff, to get stuck. And when we let out those emotions, in the form of a tantrum to help repattern the body, to help allow, to flip the script on those old dysfunctional traumatic teachings. We do not allow our inner bully, our inner critic to start chatting away. It must be silenced. 
it must be ignored. Your wise woman and your wise man must step in to not allow that part to bully the vulnerable work of allowing that tantrum. Number five, when the emotion shifts, and it will shift, and isn't that part of parenting a toddler? In the moment of the tantrum, it feels eternal. It feels like that child has an endless supply of energy to make noise, to scream. A mature parent has to hold on to themselves and help themselves know this is just a moment in time. It's going to pass. Breathe. There has never been a toddler that had a tantrum that just lasted into eternity. This is part of why our feelings are sometimes liars. Sure feels like eternity, right? My, my parents out there. So at the inevitable moment, when the emotion shifts and lifts, go do something positive. Watch your favorite funny episode. I love The Office. What's your favorite episode of The Office? Or go watch your favorite funny movie. Make yourself a very special snack, maybe a little more decadent or fancy than you would typically. Do something creative. Go for a walk. Hang out with your pets. Work out. Ask somebody that you love to give you a hug. And if nobody's around, you sit for a minute and you give yourself a hug. This is a very important part of the tantruming, y'all. That we help ourselves easily and simply have emotion and then run back into life. Run back into the fold of play. Just like untraumatized children know how to naturally do. I hope there's something in this episode that helps you understand your inner psyche, your inner child, what healing is, how to do it. This is the last call for the boundaries course, y'all. We start next week. And I hope you can hear it just even in this little episode that we need a lot of boundaries in different ways internally in managing our different parts that developed because of some of the hard things that we've been through. Boundaries work teaches us how to hold respectful containers for ourselves, how to build respectful containers. The tantrum space, as I suggested it with some parameters, is a boundaried one. Believe it or not, that is a healthy practice of emotional boundaries. I genuinely do not know anyone who teaches boundaries the way that I do. And with the emotional nuance and practicality of tangible, doable, practicable strategies. I haven't made a decision yet, but I'm leaning towards taking next year off from the boundaries course. So if you resonate with my work, if your gut says something about how she talks, something about how she makes sense of things, really gets it for me, then don't overthink it and come sign up now. You'll have a year to dive into this material. It's okay if you can't be there live in the six weeks that I teach. Part of the instructions that I give on the very first day, the very first webinar in the course, is that I don't want you chewing on the course. It's part of why you guys have headaches and jaw aches and overthinking. It's like we chew with our minds and we chew it and we chew it and we chew it and we chew it. I want participants in the course to allow themselves to move through it by simply laying eyes over the material I've written and allowing your ears and psyche to listen to the webinars live or when they're archived. 
we don't learn these concepts about boundaries, about managing our vulnerability, about figuring out our side of the street and somebody else's side of the street and what happens when we get together and overlap. Who's responsible for what? We don't learn this stuff like we might learn a math formula. We learn these concepts by immersion, by marinating. So I invite you to come immerse yourself. Come marinate with me in the Boundaries course. Come find out more and sign up now at emotionalbadass.com backslash boundaries. Those of you in Patreon, you can still use that Patreon code up until the 10th, the very day the course opens. Those of you who have taken the course before, check your email. Check to see if it went to spam. You have a very special offer that you can also use. Light and love. I'm an emotional badass. You are an emotional badass. And together we are where Moxie meets mindful. Light and love. And I'll see you next time right here for a brand new episode. Bye-bye. Would you like to relax or fall asleep while learning about history? If so, then try my podcast, Calm History. You'll learn all about famous explorers, inventions, civilizations, ancient wonders, and even the Titanic. Just search your podcast player for Calm History or go to Calm History dot com.